0: Is obvious. Now, from the studios of techguide.com.au, Stephen Fennec. Tech Guide, episode 292. Hello and welcome to the podcast that keeps you updated and always educated about the latest consumer tech news and reviews. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading once again. First-time listeners, we're glad you're on board and we hope you enjoy the show. My name is Stephen Fennec and I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. On this week's show, the extent of the Facebook data debacle and how to keep your data safe, how the Mercedes-Benz Formula One team uses technology to gain the winning edge, and the incredible hidden feature of the Huawei Mate 10 Pro smartphone that your friends will love. In the Tech Guide reviews, we're going to check out the HTC U11 Life smartphone. Alcatel will preload Family Zone parental control software on their devices and how you can hear your audible audiobook on your Sonos speakers, and we'll finish up with the Tech Guide Help Desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, Australia's number one brand of home Wi-Fi products, and Norton, the company to help keep you and your family safe online. A massive show for you, so let's get cracking. Well, it's hard to go past this story about Facebook and the data of more than 50 million users which was accessed without their permission. This has been a, a story that's been bubbling along for quite a while now. Just as background, you've probably heard about what happened, but uh, just a background for those who may not be across it, uh, a company called Cambridge Analytica, this is a data analysis firm from the UK, They used a research app called This Is Your Digital Life in 2013-2014, and this was an app that offered Facebook users payments for personality tests, and more than 270,000 Facebook users actually used the app. But one thing that was that uh, that they were unaware of, and uh, was the fact that in, in the you often see whenever you sign up to various apps and things like that, there's all these lists of things that they, that the app can do. One of the things in this particular app was the ability to access all your friends' information. So you can imagine, two hundred seventy thousand people. And they signed up, so all of their friends signed up, and maybe some of their friends may have signed up, but inadvertently. So the, the Facebook, so I say, I'm, I'm on, I use this app, and I've got, let's say, 500 friends. When me using the app gives Facebook the permission to go out uh, to get the data of all my friends. So as a result of that, They've offered, they've given permission for Facebook to harvest the information of their friends without their knowledge or permission. Now, I've got to state it here, this was actually not against Facebook's charter, not against Facebook's terms and conditions at that time. So, the Cambridge Analytica said that they'd done nothing wrong uh, according to Facebook's own terms and conditions and their API structures, that's application programming interface structures. So, from 270,000 users of this app, and, their, and the access to all their friends, it, it resulted in them harvesting more than 50 million Facebook users. So Cambridge Analytica, uh, it was revealed, it was, it was uncovered by a whistleblower who said that, this is a whistleblower who used to work for the company, who said that, that exploited Facebook's loopholes here. And allegedly this information was used uh, to influence the 2016 US presidential election, and to affect the Brexit vote, both occurred in 2016. So there's a there's a little bit of alarm here, and, and I'm sure a lot of you listening to this are all already Facebook users. You may have signed up to apps, you may have d- completed a, your online personality quiz, or what Kardashian are you, or it's one of those one of those quizzes that is typical of the sort of uh, application that can access your friends' information. So you are inadvertently giving access to your friends without their knowledge and without their permission. And, it's, and it is not against Facebook's charter. We, Facebook has a structure where, in terms of privacy and your data protection, Facebook's, uh, Facebook's initial, when you first get onto Facebook, you have to opt out of everything. So in other words, when you sign up or when you launch an app or install an app, whatever you do, All of the permissions are granted, so it can access anything it wants, whenever it wants, and it's up to you to go into the settings and turn those off and control that yourself. So it's an opt-out system. Facebook's always been that way, and for those who aren't aware, they're the people whose data is being used. Now, when we talk about data, it's not like they've got your name, address, and phone number and can knock on your door. You are one of Millions, hundreds of millions of people who, where they know your age, they know your location, they know your marital status, the, you know, relationship status. They know you as a person. They don't know you personally, but they know you might be a male in your 40s living in the eastern suburbs and who likes Holden and who's also liked Seinfeld. So all these little things add up and they can shape and direct different ads and things to your, to your newsfeed. That's the power of that. That's the the power for advertisers on Facebook, and that's Facebook's currency. Facebook doesn't charge a fee to use the social networking platform. The currency they have is your data, and when they've got a lot of the data, they've got more than a billion users. That's a that's powerful and valuable resource. So, hence the reason why Cambridge Analytica went after it, and why so many other companies wouldn't mind the data there's the latest revelation is the fact that Facebook actually offered their a, a data matching tool to the political parties during the 2016 election so Facebook actually approached the Li- Li- Liberal Party and the Labour Party to use what they called a custom audience feature so with this what they call advanced matching it would allow parties to match data that they've already collected about their voters. So if they've got data, uh, this data set over here, they can match that data with, uh, for, uh, age, email, phone number, postcodes, names, birth dates. So if, if they've got similar information listed by users on Facebook, the combination of those two sets of data, will allow uh, the parties to identify swinging voters easily. The Liberal Party actually knocked it back, uh, but we understand, according to a story in the Sydney Morning Herald, that Labor actually used that tool. Uh, we don't know, the, the story in the Herald doesn't say for how long they used it or what information it allowed Facebook to access, but data is is a powerful tool. Uh, that is no wonder that it's, it's become a valuable resource and why people, why companies like Facebook and a multitude of other companies, including political parties, including businesses and other, other other retailers, want that information. They want to know what you like. They want to know what you don't like. They want to know when you're going to purchase something next. They want to know all this information. They want to recommend stuff to you based on what you like. So this whole battle over our data... So you're probably thinking, well, geez, that doesn't sound really good. If I'm on Facebook and all my data is exposed, so I wrote I wrote a story on Tech Guide uh, a few days ago that said that would that asked the question, can you stay on Facebook and still save your data? Well, yes, you can. It is it is possible to to have more control over what you share and 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 in particular what your apps share. We should point out that whenever you give permission to install an app, like, for example, I'm sure you've come across a a site or an app that you need to create an account. And rather than you having to type in a a username, uh, email address, come up with a password, it gives you the opportunity to sign up using Facebook. That's the easiest Easiest way to do that, and people just click on that button, they go, right, and then they're in there. It's, it's easy at the time, but you've given them access to your Facebook profile, to your friends, all this information. So you can check all of that as well as... So I'm going to talk to through a few things you can do to protect yourself, you know, the amount of information that you share with apps and you'll be surprised how many apps are actually in your profile. So what you need to do is you, on the right-hand side, if you're on a browser, go on the browser. There's a downward-facing arrow in the top right corner. Scroll down to Settings. When you're in this menu, look down the left side until you come to Apps. Uh, Down on the left, you click on that, and you'll see all the apps that you've allowed access to you and your friends' information. And you'll be surprised. I had, I think, more than one hundred and fifty in mine. So check to see you can. You can. Uh, there's, there's a space down the bottom of that page where you can block all apps of, for accessing any information, or you can go in and individually either delete the app, restrict the app. So if you want to take the time, you can do that, and you'll be alarmed the number of apps you've got and the amount of information that you're sharing. So if you're not comfortable with being profiled with your data. Uh, if you, you you don't want that to happen, uh, you're worried that your data is going to fall in the wrong hands, and, and Facebook insists that uh, there there are protections in place, or certain protections in place. But you can, if you want to, really drill down into the settings and block information. Each app, for example, you can you can uh, determine what info you provide to each particular app, like your friends list, your relationship status, relationship interests. Your uh, date of birth, your work history, so many things you can block from the app so that it knows less about you, if that's what you prefer. There are all there. Uh, you can stay on Facebook and still protect your data. There's been a lot of chatter uh, about leaving Facebook. Ironically, that chatter occurred on Facebook. So you can stay on the social networking platform still and still have control of your data and have a little bit of peace of mind at the same time if you want to read about that story I, i've written a comment piece as well as some instructions on how to protect yourself to change those settings on facebook you can find that at techguide.com.au tech guide. keeping you updated and educated this is tech guide with stephen fenwick Well, over the weekend, the Australian Formula One Grand Prix was uh, was run and I had a chance to go down on Thursday, so the first day of the carnival, and had the opportunity thanks to our friends at Epson. Epson is a sponsor of the AMG Petronas Mercedes-Benz Formula One team, one of their major partners. And uh, thanks to Epson, I got a chance to go down for the day and have a look behind the scenes in the Mercedes-Benz garage. And I have to say... I'm not the biggest Formula 1 fan, I'm interested in it, I, I, I love, I, when, I, when I catch a race, when the race is on, I do I do actually sit down and watch it, but I, I, would, I wouldn't call myself the biggest fan, but I am fascinated with, with the, the strive, how they strive for excellence, and how they've got to squeeze every hundredth of a second out of the car, so I do appreciate uh, how hard they work the technology they use uh, to squeeze every little bit of performance out of their cars and I had a chance, as I said, to go behind the scenes in the garage. This was uh, the first race of the 2018 Formula One calendar, so it was uh, pretty pretty new for everybody. No, no one really knows how each team is going to perform because this is the first race out of the gate. But uh, it, it was really interesting to see that there is so many people involved in the team the mercedes-benz team which has won the last four constructors championships by the way so they're they're top of top of the game they've also had the last four drivers championships as well lewis hamilton uh, they've, they've got a, another driver valtteri Bottas, as well who's their second driver who uh, won i think the last three races of the 2017 season so they're both they've got two red hot drivers but the car that these two uh, these drivers uh pilot around the circuit it is the result of literally thousands of people, engineers, uh, and all these people who are just trying to, to get the best possible performance out of the car. And they do that in a number of ways, because Formula One, for those who aren't across it, uh, is fairly strict with its rules and regulations. There there are restrictions on the the weight of the car, the width of the car. The, they can only use so many engines per year, so many gearboxes per year. The engine, I understand, when it's built, is actually sealed with Formula One barcode, so that they, the, the team can't go in and tamper with the engine. They can, they can, uh, they've got to have certain, uh, tyres. They've got to abide by all these rules. And that goes across the board for all of the teams. It's not just Mercedes-Benz. So with that in mind, they really need to rely on their engineering skills and technology to help them find the edge to, to, to become the fastest car on the track so uh they, to do to do this uh, and technology plays a big part they they gather and study data uh that they they've got a direct link with the uh their head office in brackley they the the main the, the main factory is located back in Brackley, which is about a hundred k northwest of london and they bring hundreds of people with them to each race there's twenty one in, in the season this year uh but there are hundreds thousands even back at the at headquarters uh it's a, a 60,000 square meter facility where the, more than 700 employees work during the season work 24/7 on design development and manufacturing to get the best performance out of that car. Uh, We spoke to team boss Toto Wolff, and he told us that technology really adds to the performance of the car. They collect lots of data. We're talking uh, hundreds of thousands of data points, but only useful, of course, if it can be analysed and used to improve that performance. But uh, there there are sensors all over the car, and this is being analysed live, not only in at the track but also back in Brackley they've got a live link that can can give uh, all the engineers back at back at Brackley and they've got like 20 30 uh, at a time who are up during the night because of the time difference. They're, they're kind of doing the night shift. So they are looking at all this live data coming in. And uh, the, this, this live link includes uh, these engineers being included in the debriefs so that the people back in Brackley can hear exactly what's being said uh, and what's being discussed and all the information that, that they've discovered. And it's come to a it's come to a such a, a disciplined way to communicate. Where uh, Toto Wolf was saying to us, it's it's like being on a plane. So they know exactly how to communicate. They're very efficient, uh, very disciplined in in the way they communicate. So uh, uh, that that is uh, interesting to hear that there are so many people literally on the line connected with this high speed connection, of course, to the track at Albert Park. Uh, the other, the other really interesting uh, technology, uh, piece of technology they have is at, at the Brackley headquarters, and it's a really sophisticated simulator. They were saying that the simulator gives a virtual – it's not virtual reality. There's like a 270-degree screen. There's a cockpit. Uh, It gives a similar feedback to the steering. What it doesn't provide is the G-forces. You know, when they go around the bends really fast, there's some G-forces playing on the driver's body. They can't obviously replicate that. But what they can do and what the drivers did before they arrived in Australia was drive the track. They, on the simulator, they had a, a, the Albert Park circuit and the drivers, and we, we did speak to uh, Valtteri B- Bottas as well, and he was saying that when he arrived at the team, he only arrived last year, the simulator not only helped, it helped him initially to get used to the car because he came from another team, so he had to get used to the car. But what it also helped him do is complete full race simulations of the Melbourne track before he even arrived in the country. So he was able to uh, pick his references, like his braking points and corners. So it gave him a really good uh, impression of the track, even before he'd even driven on it this year. So uh, is, that, that's pretty sophisticated bit of technology that can give you that kind of accuracy. Uh, Toto Wolf also hinted at the fact that augmented reality is something that. The team would be thinking about using, and and he said that if if it can help them enhance the experience to give a driver a more realistic view of what they're doing, then most definitely. But they have in the past used products from their partner Epson uh, in this way. The, the Epson uh, we've spoken about on the podcast a while ago have a have the Moverio smart glasses. These are glasses that once you wear them, they can put all this information in your eye line to create this augmented reality information. They have already used that product in the garage to give engineers a better idea of how to how to build things. Uh, so they, they've, they've also used them, I've worn them even on tours of the garage where you can actually see, they're explaining what the engine is. You, you can actually see an exploded view of the engine, all the parts and everything that's going on. So already they're utilising their partner Epson's technology. They also said, of course, Epson makes really great printers, some of the best on the market, and they say they have hundreds of printers to print out everything from data analysis sheets to the signs that go on the side of the car and on their trucks. So uh, they bring a lot of them with them to the track, and they also have plenty back in there at head office in Brackley. Now, the interior of the garage... Now, the garage uh, is, is quite large. So there's the area where the cars actually sit and where they're, they're doing all the work. There's also an area at the back where they look after the tyres. There's, there's a bank of computers, looks like Mission Control, where they're analysing the data. It is quite a big operation. And our the, our guide who took us through and gave us the garage tour was saying that there are actually six garages that travel the world. So the interior of that garage... Uh, is all packed up in shipping crates. They have six of them that crisscross the globe, and they're shipped, okay? So they can't put them on a plane. They're shipped, uh, take weeks, months even, to reach their destinations. Six versions of that garage crisscross the globe to reach their destinations. The the garage they used in January was actually sent out in... uh, The the garage they used in Melbourne was sent out in January, so it would make it in time for a late-March race and these five others others are, are going to Europe and Asia and all around the place and will be there just in time for that particular race. Logistics of this whole thing is remarkable. How much information they collect is enormous, uh, and the whole thing though is fascinating and just so it just goes to show that their pursuit of excellence goes from the 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 bottom ranked engineer right up to the drivers who are literally behind the wheel. So it it was really interesting to see how the, how they've set up the garage, how they're working so hard to increase the performance of the car, and how they're using technology to help them get that edge. It was fascinating. If you uh, want to give that story a read, you'll find it at techguide.com.au. Now, here's a really interesting story uh, about the Huawei Mate 10 Pro. Now, this is a device. It's worth 1100 bucks. I reviewed it back in December. It was uh, the latest flagship Huawei product, 6-inch screen, OLED screen, gorgeous screen, dual Leica lens camera as well, Uh, had the Kirin processor, which has got artificial intelligence, has got fast-charge battery, a battery that can last for a couple of days. I've tested this. It does last two full workdays. Incredible. Got the fast-charging, as I mentioned. Now, plenty of features already from the get-go, but there was one feature, a hidden feature, that Huawei never made a real big deal about this before uh, when the phone was released back in December, but they actually uh, put a little installation in Bondi a few weeks ago just to illustrate this hidden feature of the Huawei Mate 10 Pro. Now, I'll explain what's in the video. You can watch this for yourself at TechGuide on my story. Now, what they did, they set up a charging station uh, at Bondi Beach, and filmed people who who came across to take advantage of getting a bit of a top-up of their phone's charge. And they interviewed them, and they said, oh, yeah, my phone hardly lasts. I've got to carry a battery pack. And them, gro- them moaning about their batteries and how bad they were. People were connecting iPhones and Android phones and all kinds of devices. And they were very thankful they had this the, the, this charger. But then it was revealed to them what was actually charging their device. So they spun the top of this charging station around, and they said, well, this is what's been charging your phone. There were three Huawei Mate 10 Pro phones. Yes, the Huawei Mate 10 Pro, when connected with a cable to another device, can charge that device. It can act like a battery pack. So if it's a handy feature if you own a Mate 10 Pro. It's a feature that your friends will love. Because you can't charge your own phone, you can be this generous power donator if your friends happen to have their cable. So if you if you're if you're say your friend's got a Galaxy S nine and you've got your Mate ten Pro, if you've got a USB C to USB C cable, you can ch- you can connect to the Mate ten Pro, connect it to the Samsung. On the Huawei screen, will come. Uh, a choice. It'll say, "Do you want to access? Do you want to allow the other device to? Do you want to create a file transfer connection, or do you just want to charge? And you can just say, no charge only. And suddenly, your Huawei Mate 10 Pro is a battery pack charging the other smartphone. On my story on Tech Guide, I, I illustrated it. I charged a Samsung Galaxy S9, and I charged an iPhone. So if you've got a USB-C to Lightning cable, which a lot of Mac users would have because MacBooks have USB-C ports only and Lightning is on their iPhone if they're using an iPhone as well. So that's not an uncommon cable to have. If you've got a USB-C to Lightning cable, the Huawei Mate 10 Pro can even charge your iPhone as well. Really handy. The Mate 10 Pro, as I said, 6 inch screen, 18 by 9 OLED display, 2160 by 1080 resolution. Beautiful looking screen. Kirin 970 AI processor, 4000 milliamp hour battery on board, which you can share. So if you can connect another device with a cable, you can share that power. Uh, and also uh, has, uh, as I said, a terrific dual lens Leica camera. I've reviewed that completely on Tech Guide if you want to check that out. But I have also written a story about this amazing hidden feature and the ability to share your power. You can watch that video that I spoke about as well. That little charging station at Bondo. That is a it is a nice watch and the the reaction of people when they find out another phone. Was charging their phone is priceless. You can check that story out at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Netgear, Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. Now you already know Arlo by Netgear. That's the worldwide leader in smart home security and the creator of the world's first 100 wire-free weatherproof hd security camera now you can get to know the new arlo pro with even more features including two-way audio that allows you to talk to your kids your pets or whoever's at your front door right from your smartphone arlo pro has quick charge rechargeable batteries night vision and live on demand streaming and yes still 100 wire-free and weatherproof so you can easily monitor your entire property inside and out Arlo Pro takes just a few minutes to set up so you can check in on your home, your business, and from anywhere using the free Arlo app on your phone, tablet, or computer. Know what's happening in real time with advanced motion detection and never miss a moment with free cloud recordings for seven days. Visit arlo.com forward slash au for more information. Arlo and the new Arlo Pro by Netgear has every angle covered. Tech Guide. Now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennett. All right, we're kicking off our reviews this week with a, a smartphone, the HTC U11, uh, U11 Life, I should say. This is a new device that has just been released. It's it's five hundred and ninety nine dollars, and it's a follow up to their their previous device that was out last year, the U11, which was uh, I think priced just over a thousand bucks. And no, it was, was nine ninety nine initially, uh, and brought down to to no, it was nine ninety nine and still available at nine ninety nine. But the U11 Life. Is a mid-range version of that phone. Now, I've been using this phone for a little while. It is the major difference, though, is it's from the U11. Uh, is the fact that it's running Android One, which is this pure version of Android without any UI over it, no no bloatware. It's it's as close to the Google Pixel as you can get in terms of having a pure Android operating system. That's the major difference from its big brother, the U11. Now, it has the same squeeze feature, so you can squeeze the edges, and you can – that's called Edge Sense, by the way. So you can program that to activate the camera, to take a photo, open up an app. Uh, it, it is a really, really handy feature. It's got the same screen. Uh, same screen resolution. The camera is just as good as on the U11 as well. Uh, it's got also the adaptive audio as well. So when you connect, it comes with these uh, w- with the U Sonic earbuds, and it allows you to optimise the audio to your ears. Uh, it's also got built-in noise cancellation as well uh, on the on these earphones, and it's available through Vodafone. And for an outright price of $599. Now, I, for the life of me, can't find too many differences between the U11 and the U11 Life. I wonder whether this is HTC's way of saying that uh, giving the customer the impression they've created a more affordable version of the phone without actually just taking, without actually having the customer think that the phone, the U11, has been reduced in price. Don't know whether that's the case. I honestly can't see too much difference between the two. Apart from Android One operating system, I can't see too much difference. Uh, It's got a 5.2-inch full HD screen, Qualcomm Snapdragon 630 octa-core processor. Android One, as I said, so this is a streamlined, lighter version of the Android operating system, so it's pure Android and which is pretty powerful when you consider this is a mid-range device so there are a lot of features on this phone that will be found in the flagship devices that cost over a thousand bucks so this is pretty good i do like the fact that you still got edge sense that's become the whole the squeezing of the bottom of the phone still got the 16 megapixel camera with phase detection autofocus hdr as well 16 megapixel front-facing camera too so you get pretty impressive selfies as well as impressive photos through the the main camera as well and similar design it's got that liquid surface design and it's got the acrylic glass rear panel love it the only the only downside of the phone uh the design is that the back is just a smudge magnet it looks a little bit messy you do need to wipe it occasionally just to keep that shine uh it's also ip67 so it's water and dust resistant as well you do get those usonic earbuds into the deal it's also got expandable memory so you got a micro sd card slot And a fingerprint reader on the front. Now, this doesn't have the 18x9 screen, which may suit some people because 18x9 screens tend to make them longer and larger. So if you're after an, an average size phone without having to carry a beast around, the U11 Life could be just the ticket for you. The U11 Life, uh, it's available in brilliant black. It's available now through Vodafone, and it is priced at $599, and you can read our complete review at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. While we're on the subject of smartphones, and I, I do get a lot of correspondence from parents, so I get calls on the radio, parents asking, look, how do I monitor what my kids are looking at on their mobile devices uh, because that's now become the default device for a child. You think about years ago, the whole issue was internet safety. Uh, and when, when before phone, before everyone had a mobile phone, the, what, what was accepted was having a, the, the computer in a, in a public area of the house and parents could supervise what their kids are doing. And that gives the parents that that that's the parental control that the parents had. Well, now every every child over oh, my advice is give the child a, a high a, a a phone when they start high school. So when they're about twelve, uh, parents that's up to them. Of course, they want to give their child a phone earlier than that. That's up to them. But general practice with my three kids, they got a phone when they started high school, and suddenly they've got this computer in their pocket. So there's no computer in the middle of the house in a public area of the house. They've got this mobile computer they can take anywhere, take to school, take into their room. So parents naturally are concerned, want, wanting to know what their child is looking at on the device, how long they're using it for, what apps they're using, and it can be a little bit complicated. And, and not a lot of parents know where to start. Well, Alcatel has just made that a whole lot easier Alcatel is the number three brand by volume in Australia, a real bang-for-your-buck brand, where they offer devices that are under 200 bucks, but still look pretty sleek. Uh, You could mistake them for phones that cost three, four, five times as much. Alcatel is owned by TCL, the big TV company, and all screens, every component is made within their factories, which is the reason why they produce the whole phone top to bottom and the reason why they can offer these amazing prices alcatel is also often a first choice a choice for the first phone parents give their child because it's affordable it's it's great quality so it gives them that value so a lot of parents are gifting their child, or giving their child an Alcatel smartphone. Well, what Alcatel has done is now they've decided to preload the Family Zone software. That's a pre-cloud based ecosystem that allows parents to set internet and device access for their kids. So they know what their kids are looking for. They can restrict certain things. They know uh, how long they've spent on the device, how much data they're using. Uh, and it's going to start mid-year with the launch of Alcatel's latest range of devices, which we've already spoken about on the show we saw them in barcelona family zone will be really attractive because parents looking for that solution where they can see what their child is up to this makes it really easy And it's a really interesting story behind this because it was actually the Australian managing director, a friend of Tech Guides, Sam Scontos, who discovered Family Zone. Because he's got three kids of his own, and he was using it with his own kids and their phones. And it got to a point where the schools, their schools, insisted that this application had to be installed on the phone in order for them to be allowed to be brought to be brought to school. So, Sam could check his his kids' surfing habits, how long they spent on the device, how much data they use, what apps they 've been using, and he liked it so much he actually approached Family Zone to have it preloaded on all Alcatel phones, which it will be by the middle of the year uh, really, really smart move again, Alcatel. A popular brand when it comes to, uh, for prepaid customers. so They've got a lot of young users who are like, you know, that may not have a lot of money to spend, but they want a device that gives them a good camera, a good product, good screen, gives them a lot of value. So a really smart move. And again, number three smartphone buy volume behind Samsung and Apple. So they're doing pretty well in this space. But the addition of Family Zone, I think is going to make it uh, an even more compelling choice for parents. Uh, so expect to see Family Zone on the Alcatel range of phones that are going to be released about mid-year. And parents, if you're listening to this, it's just become a whole lot easier to keep an eye on your child. And this works across all devices. So once they've got an account, uh, you can see what they're doing across all their devices. You can set screen time limits, so restrict the sort of apps they can use, uh, the amount of data they can use. So it gives you a little, not, not control, but it gives you an idea, a sense of what they can do just to set, to set the right example of what the, the right etiquette for how they use their device and of course I think the big one is also setting that screen time limit so you can actually limit the use of the device if it's bedtime you can switch it off Uh, if it's meal time or homework time you can also do the same thing so parents are probably doing a little cheer right now knowing that their child can have a phone but it's going to be uh, going to be something that they can monitor just like they would monitor every other activity their child does at that age they want to keep an eye on that as well you want to read more about family zone on the new Alcatel range of devices, you can check that out at techguide.com.au. I'm a massive audiobook fan. I'm a, I'm a avid, audible customer. I do love hearing my audiobooks, and usually my audiobooks, I listen in the car, I might be in the gym, or I might be on a run or a walk. I, you can get through so many books, you'll be surprised how much time you spend in your car and just walking around. Uh, I can normally get through a book a week, listening to a book. And I'm I'm talking books that are, would take, if you had to read them, would take weeks to read just trying to find the time in between whatever you're doing. But here, with an audio book, you can be behind the wheel and hear a book. So a, a, a time when you usually cannot read a book, but you can certainly hear a book, and I have heard some some uh, some great books lately. But Audible has uh, expanded where you can hear your audio books, and they've uh, now allowed people who own Sonos speakers, you can now include Audible as one of your services on the app so if you if you happen to be home and you want to you got time you may have a, a Sonos speaker you know in in a in a, in a lounge room or you want to relax somewhere you want to just hear your book rather than have to read it you can now stream your audio book you might be cooking the, the kitchen you might have a speaker in the kitchen uh, you might be in the shed or whatever. You might have some. You want to have hear the book while you're doing whatever you're doing. Uh, it's now possible using your Sonos speakers. Now Sonos r- multi-room speakers been around for a while. Brilliant speakers. Really easy to set up. Really easy to uh, assign to different rooms and control through the app. Uh, and now Audible is one of the new services that you can connect. So you can either use the uh, you can play your book through the Sonos app, which has been updated. Or you can play the book still through the Audible app and then choose to stream to that Sonos speaker. Might not sound like a big deal to the non audiobook fans out there, uh, but if, it, if this is a big deal because it just gives you, say you, you've just arrived home, you were listening to a really cool part of the book in your car. Well, now you can just walk straight in and then start streaming that, that book in, uh, in one of the speakers in your house. So really handy if you just want to continue listening if you're at a particularly good part and you want to keep going or you've got a bit of downtime, you want to keep hearing your book as well. Uh, We understand, too, support for Alexa voice control is going to be coming to Sonos in the near future, so getting to your favourite book is also going to make that a lot easier as well using the Sonos speakers. Sonos, we love our Sonos speakers. We've got a few of them dotted around the house, and now the fact that I can hear my audio books through them uh, probably when no one's home. I don't think anyone else will want to hear the books I want to listen to, but uh, handy if you've got a Sonos and if you're an audible, audible user and an audiobook fan. The two have just met a match made in heaven. You can listen to your audiobooks through the Sonos speakers. You can read all about it at techguide.com.au. Keeping you updated and educated. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finney. Tech Guide. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Norton, the company that can help keep you and your family safe online. And when I talk about online, often when we get online, it's on public Wi-Fi. But here's the bad news. Public Wi-Fi isn't always safe. Without the right protection, your personal information could suddenly become public. There's been a number of vulnerabilities that show that, there are, that it allows attackers to intercept data that's transmitted across a Wi-Fi network personal information that's transmitted over the internet or even stored on your connected device, things like your passwords, credit card numbers and more could suddenly become vulnerable. Now, all this personal information can be accessed and used to committing identity theft, can even be used to access your bank account and all without your knowledge. The team at Norton are dedicated to helping you keep your valuable data safe. Norton Wi-Fi Privacy encrypts the personal information you send and receive on public Wi-Fi to help keep it private, wherever you want to log on. Help protect your information with Norton Wi-Fi Privacy. To find out more, visit au.norton.com. Now, answering all your tech questions, the Tech Guide Help Desk. Okay, a couple of questions on the Tech Guide help desk. And uh, we do welcome voice bites. If you want to record your question, we'll play your question and answer it here. Or if you want to send us an email, we're happy to take those as well. The first uh, question was about getting an all-in-one system with a 32-inch screen. Uh, Our reader wanted a a big screen. And unfortunately, there are no all-in-one systems that have a screen of that size. The biggest we found, I think, was 27-inch maybe 28-inch on one, but 32 uh, was a no-go. So what we suggested was uh, th- this person had to buy the monitor separately. We'd have to buy then keyboard, mouse, and tower, and then and go nuts. But uh, finding an all-in-one with a screen that size, uh, not quite uh, not not out there. So uh, if you want to settle for a 27-inch, you can get an iMac or HP or Lenovo. There's plenty of all-in-ones with 27-inch screens. I think I've seen a couple with a 28-inch screen. So there is that option if you do want to come down in your screen size, all-in-ones, plenty of them out there, HP, Lenovo, Dell, many of them, Apple, have got a great I- The iMac is a popular device as well. Uh, so if, you're, if that's a deal breaker and you still want your 32-inch monitor, then you're going to have to buy the monitor separately, you're going to have to get a keyboard, a mouse and then a tower. Uh, so there's that option right there, but if you do want to come down to 27, plenty of other choices in an all-in-one. I did have another question about a person who lives on a property, and they had a shed 100 meters away from their house. Wouldn't it be great to have a property where that's a got 100 meters uh, for you to put a shed 100 meters away? That is awesome, but uh, the problem he has, though, is trying to get uh, Wi-Fi to the shed 100 meters away, and uh, no... No uh, range extender that I know of can reach that far. Not even all the mesh networks like Orbi and Google Wi-Fi. None of them could reach 100 metres. So what you're going to have to do is either call your internet service provider and set up another internet connection down the back in the shed 100 metres away from your house, or you're going to have to use a 4G mobile broadband router, some sort of 4G connection to get you the uh, the internet back there. Now he did mention the Arlo cameras in this in his email, and uh, Netgear actually have an, the Arlo Go, which is a camera that takes its own SIM card. So in this example where the shed doesn't have Wi Fi uh, and it's remote, uh, it could be even like your boat on a, you know, in a port. You could be anywhere else where there's no Wi Fi. It might be a holiday house where there's no Wi Fi. Netgear's camera, the Arlo Go, can still connect through the Telstra 4G network. So you can put a Telstra SIM card in it, and it'll connect to the network. You can access it remotely as well, as if it was would be on your Wi-Fi network. So in this case, if he wanted to monitor that shed, he could still do it with the Netgear Go, which has its own SIM card. So there's that as well. But in terms of getting the Wi-Fi from your house 100 metres away, you're going to struggle. You need your own... You need your own uh, its, it needs its own internet connection or you need to use 4G to to get you on the internet there. Uh, but it is a nice problem to have. Uh, you've got to shed 100 metres away from your house. That's pretty good. That's a big backyard. I'd be using it as little my personal driving range. I'd be using my... I'd be a lethal with my 8-iron. I'd be have so much practice. If you want to read about those things, you can check that out at techguide.com.au. And that is the end of our show for this week. You can read about everything that we've talked about, of course, at techguy.com.au. And if you want to get in touch with us, of course, we'd love to hear from you. So send us a voice bite. Download the app. Uh, it's free on iOS, free on Android. Hashtag Tech Guide. Record your question or your little mini review, whatever you want to tell us. We'll play your voice on the Tech Guide podcast and I'll answer your question as well. So your voice can be heard right beside mine. If you want to send us an email, we still accept those, of course. Preference will be given to Voice Bites. But if you email info at We want to give a special shout out to, you, to our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can Trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and also Norton, the company that can help keep you and your family safe online. Thanks for listening once again. We look forward to you joining us again next week. So until then, stay safe and stay connected.